Hey guys, and welcome back to the multi-dimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I will be talking about mindfulness. So what is mindfulness and how can we use it in uh, preparation for ceremony, for integration, and truly just a unique and vast tool to have less suffering in our lives, and to create more joy and happiness. You will definitely want to stay tuned, and we're going to hear some stuff from our sponsors. So once again, thank you guys so much for continuing to return to the, the multidimensional journey and supporting my podcast just by listening to it. I can't tell you how grateful and um, appreciative I am for your listen. So you might have heard of mindfulness. Um Mindfulness is, you know, talked about and you might see it on mag. I see it a lot on uh, magazines, like if you're in a health food store and usually see a picture of somebody cross-legged with their eyes closed and, and breathing. And, um, and so you might not know exactly what it means, though. Perhaps you've heard the word, perhaps you've seen what it's supposed to look like. But let's talk, you know, let's break down some foundational concepts and how to actually apply this to your life and some steps that you can start taking today in order to, you know, integrate this into your life. Whether you are a regular, you know, ayahuasca ceremony goer or practitioner or not, this is a tool that will completely transform your life. So a little bit of background on when I discovered mindfulness, I actually went to a dialectical behavioral therapy training back in 2009. This was very early in my studies of psychology and becoming somebody who is considered a mental health professional in the field. Um, And one of the first things, one of the first modules that you learn in dialectical behavioral therapy is mindfulness. And mindfulness, uh, the roots of it is in Zen thinking and Buddhist psychology, Buddhism, this sort of thing. And if you've done any research on, on Buddhism or Buddhist psychology, you'll know that this is very, very foundational practice, which we'll get into in a second, but this, this practice of mindfulness, I mean, if you are looking for somebody to kind of expand this practice, I highly recommend Jack Kornfield. Any of his books um, are fantastic in terms of really relating this practice to a Western culture. And he also has a background in psychology. He's a psychologist. He was also, um, you know, he went into retreat for like three years as a monk. And now he talks about, you know, um, the multiple applications of mindfulness. Um, and it's just really, really great. He, he has a lot of roles in his life. He's a father, he's a partner, he, um, you know, he's a teacher. So I think he can relate to a lot of people and I just have really enjoyed listening to him. So that would be another person I recommend. So one of the core foundations of mindfulness is remaining non-judgmental. So just sticking to the facts. Um, so this means like not including your opinion in things, whether it's positive or negative. So, um, and then also being present. So in the moment, um, so being here and now, 
So if you're in your head, you're not present. If you're thinking about the future, you're not present. If you're thinking about the past, you're not present. You know, the present is in the here and now. What's in front of you? What's going on inside of your body? Um, And then I want to take it a little step further and um, adding a tone or a practice of compassion and kindness towards self and others. This is a little more expansive as far as like the foundational elements, but I think this will be very uh, crucial in your mindfulness development um, because a lot of us tend to have a inner critic that we're kind of attempting to manage and figure out where the roots of that come from. And um, it's really hard to be present and non-judgmental when you have, you know, some not so kind words going at you. So that's that's something to practice as well. So remaining non-judgmental in the moment, remaining compassionate with yourself. Um, and another aspect of it is you want to observe and describe in words to yourself whatever is happening in that moment. Uh, whether you're deciding like to focus on your breath or your body or your environment, you're observing and describing what's happening in that moment um, in the present, whether it's, you know, you're focusing on meditation or you're just observing your surroundings. Um, so, so these are some of the foundational things of mindfulness. Um, and so let's talk about application and, and what this, and this, what this really means. So, um, so there's mindfulness meditation, which translates into, living mindfully. I'll say that again. So mindfulness meditation translates into living mindfully. So the only way to build this way of living, this lifestyle, this this type of thinking is by actually practicing. So you do want to begin to cultivate a practice that is every single day. Um, and you know, if you're a beginner, you just start with one minute, one minute of Sitting and focusing on your breath and being in the moment non-judgmentally, observing and describing what's happening. And really what we're what we're working on is remaining in the parasympathetic nervous system. And when we slide over into the sympathetic nervous system, you know, how can we use our tools to get us back into the parasympathetic nervous system? So um and so you do this. You just start with one minute a day and then you can expand to two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour. And then, you know, you can even go hours. And I have not been there yet, just so you know, but this is something I am planning on to get much more into, much more deeper as uh, 2019 comes to a close and 2020 opens up in a much more vast way I can see myself really diving more into this practice. So right now I'm doing five minutes about three to four times a day. And I usually do my first sit in the morning and then I do, you know, one in between clients and I do one during my gym time and then I do it in the evening. And, you know, the more you sit, the more you're going to realize like how transformational this practice is, how it's really going to change things. Um, And I'll just kind of describe to you because it's really hard to explain what begins to happen. 
but you begin to have way more space between the thoughts you have, the experiences you have, and yourself. So if you can imagine yourself in a circle, and then outside of that circle is your experience, all of a sudden you're witnessing it, rather than over-identifying, over-attaching, um, or even avoiding, which in all these experiences creates uh, what Buddhism uh, refers to as suffering. And it's, it's so, so true. Um, anytime we begin to over-identify with our thoughts, over-identify with our, our roles in our lives, with our partners, with our friends, with our work roles, whatever it is, um, it becomes pretty anxiety-ridden. And so another way that it also helps uh, mental health and just living in a more um, abundant way is that when you begin to have particular narratives that come up, you're able to catch them and change them rather than just running off of them subconsciously or, or unconsciously. So definitely, you know, choosing a practice, you know, every day and, you know, setting up a space where you can sit, where you can journal, um, where, you know, you want to create a sacred space for yourself. I, I, I have like my journal, my candle, my Palo Santo, my incense, um, so sometimes I have crystals. So you want to have like a particular space in which you do this. Um, and so, and then the living mindfully comes from the sits. So beginning to observe yourself, like what's happening in my mind and my body when I go and be social, what's happening in my work life, what's happening when I go to be a power lifter and I'm an athlete in the gym, what happens, what happens to me when I you know, um, show up in my relationship with my partner. So you, the, the key is that you want to begin to notice patterns that are coming up and not to over identify with them, but just to observe and describe them. Now, here's, here's the thing. It's obviously, maybe you don't know, but it definitely doesn't always work this way. So even with feelings like fear and shame and anger and all of the uncomfortable emotions, right, that challenge us, you know, challenge us or teach us something or trying to send us messages about something, you know, we learn to sit with those too. And that's, that's probably my favorite part about the practice is that when we learn to sit with our emotions, the emotions that we don't like, that make us extremely uncomfortable, then we become masters of our experiences. Um, we can we can navigate these experiences with more grace, with uh, with more knowledge, um, and definitely it's it's not always going to go uh, <laughs> as smoothly as I'm talking about right now. I mean, I just had an experience over the weekend that was a, a fantastic teaching teaching for me, but I was very disconnected from my body and I had enough mindfulness to observe what was happening. And now looking back on it, you know, there's definitely some changes in the way that I, you know, didn't ask for help or support. And, um, you know, I have a tendency to act like everything is okay. And I, this is definitely a part of my default network and my default programming, um, because out of fear, it's like a double whammy thing. Like I'm fearful that someone's actually going to see that I'm struggling. And then I'm fearful that 
when I do ask for the help that I need, I'm not going to get it. And in fact, I'll be shamed. So that's not true. That's not happening anymore. That's some childhood programming that is running through me still. And um, so I realized that although I was very mindful of the painful experience that I was having and the discomfort I was having, I wasn't very mindful about the next action to take. And I think this is really important because, you know, when we're in our sympathetic nervous system, our stress center, fight, flight, freeze, we don't have as much access to our executive functioning, to our decision making as we would in our parasympathetic nervous system. This is when we're relaxed. This is when we're focused. This is when like we're safe, you know. And so this is really important to realize is as we're working with this mindfulness is that like when things like dissociation happen, that's probably going to be the most challenging mental space to navigate, but at least you're going to have the tools to kind of, you know, navigate it more smoothly versus reacting because there was a lot of other things I could have done, you know, um, other than not ask for help. I mean, like just based on some of my past behaviors and just in general. So, uh, being able to be in this place of, of observing and describing. So when you're in these sweet spots or these pot, you know, these, um, these, uh, smooth seasons of mindfulness, like, you know, you just can really just observe yourself and observe your thoughts and observe your experience and be in this really healthy, non-attached way. And things kind of just slide off of you like a water, water on a duck's back. But I'm telling you right now, the practice, what the, the, the practice, what to expect and what it really is, is how is it going to help you grow? You know, when we, when we, when we sit through the discomfort and we learn from it and we could come out on the other side, that's where the true growth is. And of course it's uncomfortable, it's challenging, but realizing that this is what we're here to do. I'm kind of going off on a more uh, existential or spiritual part of this, but it's really important to keep this in mind. So, um, so that's, that's some of that. Um, so yeah, the sitting part, the translating it into your, in your real life. And, you know, when you're sitting, you really want to focus on the breath, the diaphragmatic breathing, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. And doing this several times. And becoming mindful of this whole process. And, you know, witnessing how beautiful, how beautifully breath can really just begin to lower the stress levels in our bodies and break us out of the sympathetic nervous system, the stress center. Um, it's, it's such a fantastic tool. It really is. So what you can start doing is just sitting, you know, setting up your space and planning to do it one minute a day. And it does take a commitment. And I'm telling you right now, it's like, if you're struggling with that commitment, I just would do it anyway. <laughs> because the only way you'll learn is through the experience. So even if you sat up the space, if you sat up the space, if you set up the space and you only sat for 30 seconds, still count that. 
because you put the effort in, you put the energy in, and then do it again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and wait for the breakthrough, you know? And journaling about it is key because I'm telling, I can't remember what happened five days ago, and if you can, that's awesome. More kudos to you. And what, you know, and at the same time, let's take something off your plate and just write about it. And it doesn't have to be anything big, just, you know, three sentences. And then one day, you know, you'll realize, like, you'll catch yourself in your head running some sort of narrative and you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to realize you can shift the entire moment by just choosing to sit with the emotion that's happening inside of you or noticing like, wow, I'm really in my head right now. Because once you're able to do that, it really takes the power away from our experiences. And I think that's something a lot of us struggle with is like the amount of intensity or the amount of power we give these emotional experiences. And it really ends up taking so much from ourselves, from our relationships, from our potential in this life. And, you know, we deserve to have tools that empower us. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this little tidbit on mindfulness. Um, I'm also going to be recording a YouTube about it. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, um, I'll see you guys here sometime later this week. And remember why you came here.